Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coming up on 5-Minute News... FDA backs Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for 5 to 11-year-olds. Biden's domestic policy plan likely to be half its original size. And UN warns 2.7 centigrade rise on today's global emissions pledges. It's Wednesday, October 27. I'm Anthony Davis. The U.S. moved a step closer to expanding COVID-19 vaccinations for millions more children as government advisers on Tuesday endorsed child-sized doses of Pfizer's shots for 5 to 11-year-olds. A Food and Drug Administration advisory panel voted unanimously with one abstention that the vaccine's benefits in preventing COVID-19 in that age group outweigh any potential risks. That includes questions about a heart-related side effect that's been very rare in teens and young adults, despite their use of a much higher vaccine dose. While children are far less likely than older people to get severe COVID-19, ultimately, many panellists decided it's important to give parents the choice to protect their youngsters, especially those at high risk of illness or who live in places where other precautions, like masks in schools, aren't being used. Full-strength shots made by Pfizer and its partner BioNTech are already recommended for everyone 12 and older, but paediatricians and many parents are clamouring for protection for younger children. The extra-contagious Delta variant has caused an alarming rise in paediatric infections. States are getting ready to roll out the shots, just a third of the amount given to teens and adults that will come in special orange-capped vials to avoid dosage mix-ups. More than 25,000 paediatricians and other primary care providers have signed up so far to offer vaccination, which will also be available at pharmacies and other locations. At half its original size, President Joe Biden's big domestic policy plan is being pulled apart and reconfigured as Democrats edge closer to satisfying their most reluctant colleagues and finishing what's now about a $1.75 trillion package. How to pay for it all remained deeply in flux on Tuesday, with the proposed billionaire's tax running into criticism as cumbersome or worse. That's forcing difficult reductions, if not the outright elimination of policy priorities, from paid family leave to childcare to dental, vision and hearing aid benefits for seniors. The once hefty climate change strategies are losing some punch too, focusing away from punitive measures on polluters in a shift toward instead rewarding clean energy incentives. All told, Biden's package remains a substantial undertaking and could still top $2 trillion in perhaps the largest effort of its kind from Congress in decades. But it's far slimmer than the president and his party first envisioned. 
House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told lawmakers in a caucus meeting they were on the verge of something major, transformative, historic, and bigger than anything else ever attempted in Congress. As Biden pushes for an agreement before he departs for global summits later this week, pressure is mounting on holdout Democrats, Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. More lawmakers journeyed to the White House for negotiations on Tuesday and emerged upbeat that the end product would be substantial despite the changes and reductions being forced on them by Manchin and Sinema. Together, the two conservative Democratic senators have packed a one-two punch, Manchin forcing supporters to pare back health care, child care and other spending, despite having the second poorest state in the country, and cinema causing Democrats to reconsider their plans to reverse the Trump-era tax cuts on corporations and the wealthy, protecting her financial relationships with major corporate donors. Current commitments to cut greenhouse gas emissions put the planet on track for an average 2.7 degrees Celsius temperature rise this century, a United Nations report said on Tuesday, in another stark warning ahead of the crunch climate talks. Governments will be in the spotlight at the COP26 conference next week to meet a deadline of this year to commit to more ambitious cut pledges in what could be the last chance to put the world on track to limiting warming to below 2 centigrade above pre-industrial levels and ideally to 1.5 degrees centigrade. As extreme weather events from wildfires to floods have hit countries around the world, a UN report in August warned that global warming due to greenhouse gas emissions could breach 1.5 centigrade in the next two decades. The UN World Meteorological Organization said ahead of the two-week event that begins in Glasgow, Scotland on Sunday that greenhouse gas concentrations hit a record last year and the world is way off track in capping rising temperatures. If continued throughout this century, this would lead to warming of 2.7 centigrade. It said current commitments to net zero could limit warming to about 2.2 centigrade by the end of the century, but 2030 pledges so far do not put major emitters on a clear path to meeting these targets. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app, Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate. Delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Hello everyone. My name is Tom Kearns, and I host the Anglo-Saxon England podcast, where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman Conquest in 1066. So far, we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons, and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.